We're going through the Nicene Creed, which is, like we said, old. Um, there are all kinds of beliefs in the church going on and all kinds of weird teachings coming up. And they said, look, if we're going to spread this thing far and near and we don't have apostles anymore going around teaching and correcting, we need to get all this together and concise so that we can say, do you match up with this? This is the important part you've got to match up with. And so they wrote the Nicene Creed. And this week, we're going to cover this little section. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, He is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. So there's this the section about God the Father. There's a section about Jesus. Little Two little stanzas about His life and His death. And now we have this section about the Holy Spirit. And then next week, it's about the end of the world and the church. Which is kind of exciting. Listen to this. This is from Andrew Murray. If you've ever heard of Andrew Murray, all of his books are gold. You can get most of them at just about any Goodwill or thrift store because I guess, I don't know, in the 70s, they must have just printed those things like rabbits. I don't know. So, this is from an Andrew Murray book called Absolute Surrender. If the church will return to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is her strength and her help, and if the church will return to give up everything and wait upon God to be filled with the Spirit, her days of beauty and gladness will return, and we shall see the glory of God revealed among us. Wow. Well, all of that comes from various parts of Scripture, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't mean, we used to sing a song that if you... Uh, if you want to be a strawberry, the fruit of the Spirit ain't a strawberry. If you want to be a strawberry, you might as well hear it because you can't be a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not about like stuff and things. It's This is what comes out of it. Kind of like if I said, the fruit of saving $5 a week for 20 years is that you'll be a millionaire. The fruit of it, it's the outcome. The outcome of it, the results of it. So the results of the Holy Spirit, the outcome of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace. That's what, and that's what he's talking about is if we could hold on to the Holy Spirit and, and realize the Holy Spirit is our strength and our help, give up everything and wait upon God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's where you're going to see joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness. Self-control is all going to come out of that. Now, a lot of times we get things backwards because we love the law and we love mindless religion, and we say, "You need to be faithful. You need to be kind." This is—I mean, this is me to my kids, right? Be kind. Be friendly. Dag nabbit. <laughs> and we get things backwards, and we try to do the fruit of the spirit and make the Holy Spirit show up by that. And nowhere in the scripture does that ever happen. It's just not his character. So when the Holy Spirit shows up in the Bible, 
a lot of times they refer to those as gifts. And we talk about spiritual gifts, and we're so locked into those words and locked into that phrase. It's, but those are all ways that the Holy Spirit shows up. The way, the way the Holy Spirit shows up in you. I used to have a coworker, and he, I might have talked about him before. He was a serious University of Kentucky fan. So serious, in fact, that when I made an advertisement that had the color orange in it, which orange is the color of Tennessee, which is the arch rival of UK, if I made an ad that had orange in it, he didn't like the ad. I, it's just something about it. I don't like it. It just doesn't. We need to redo that and put that in green. What was that? That was there, there, was a, there was a spirit in him, and, and I'm using the word differently now. There was a mood in him and an emotion in him that showed up. And showed up and revealed itself whenever I put something orange. One time I made a whole ad orange, and he knew I was just messed. He's like, okay, yeah, just take that off your screen right now. It shows up, and it's, there's evidence of it. So I'm going to read about spiritual gifts but I, I want you to throw out everything that you think about about spiritual gifts, and I want you to think about this is how it shows up. This is how it reveals, this is how the Holy Spirit reveals himself and, and makes himself clear. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service. There's varieties of ways that we serve one another, but it's all the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each of us is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, what does that mean? If I have the history of a boat, that's called the ship's manifest. And that is the history of everything that happened to this boat written down in a book. It's the whole Star Trek, Captain's Log. Okay, the captain's log is a tangible, real history of that ship. And it's called the manifest. So when something becomes manifest or it's made manifest, it's made visible. My, my co-worker's hatred for the color orange is made visible when I make this thing orange. Whoa! It's manifest, it manifests itself. It's, it's manifested. So, to each is given... The manifestation, the showing off, the exposure of the Spirit for the common good. It's not just for that person. It's for everybody. It's for the common good. No one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Everybody has the Holy Spirit that believes in Jesus. And everybody, that one spirit 
gives different gifts to different people at different times. There's a, I have a friend, and he had, um, this guy had a, a very sick, I think the wife was very sick. Wife was very, very ill and took a whole lot of pain medicine to, to ease the pain. And they heard that there's this place out in California that's a warehouse that you can go to and they have church service and they pray for you and people get healed. And, you know, they had tried everything, done everything, and kind of given up. And they're like, you know what, let's, let's go do that and we'll just see what happens. And they go and they, uh, the night before they were going to give up, they're at the hotel and they're like, you know what, this is silly that we're doing this. Like, I feel like a fool. I feel like a fool telling our family that we flew out here to get healed by prayer. They went ahead and they went and they go to this little church place and they sing songs and stuff and and they have like little living rooms set up, little couch, coffee table areas where all these different people are sitting to be prayed for and then there's like this prayer team that's going around from one group to another group and sometimes they'd be at the little group and all of a sudden there'd just be this commotion. crying and happy and other times there would just be nothing and they would just move around and um, so they came to this guy's group and they explained about his wife has this pain and the sickness and all this business and and um, you know they prayed for her and and I, I I forget the main part of the story I remember but I forget the other details but um, but she was healed and but she didn't feel anything all of a sudden but she kind of knew she was healed. Or maybe the husband was healed. I don't remember. All I remember is, the whole point of the story is, they had a six-year-old kid. Six. Age, like Caleb. Okay? And he was going around with the prayer team. And after they pray for this lady, and they say this whole thing, and you know, he's like in his own little world, like Caleb, doing his thing. And then they said, hey, Jimmy, do you have anything to tell her? And Jimmy walks up and he says, you've been saving all of your pills and not taking them. And you're going to take them all at once when you left here and kill yourself. And God doesn't want you to do that. And it was true. And the lady had been taking half doses so that she would have a whole bunch. And if she didn't get healed at that thing, she was going to commit suicide on the way home. And the six-year-old kid says that, and then, and he's back in his little world. The Holy Spirit gives us things to say, gives us ideas, can, can give you knowledge that you shouldn't have, and it's not because you're righteous or holy or self-controlled. Because a six-year-old is not righteous or holy or self-controlled. There's, there's other instances in the scriptures where, where the Holy Spirit spoke through somebody, gave somebody something to say, and that person was a dirtbag. That person did not... It, it, the Holy Spirit didn't choose to speak through that person because they were holy or because they were something powerful. It's because that's who the people would listen to. One Spirit. Many ways that He shows up. Many ways that He... He proclaims Himself and His presence in us. Listen to this. So that first section was 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. This is uh, 12, 12, and 13. Just as one body is, the body is one, like 
right here. I don't, I mean, like this thing's attached here. One body, many members. All the members are one body. Though we are many, we are one body. And Christ is like that. There's just one Christ. One spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we all drink of one spirit. So what Paul's saying, where he was, it's just like today. Stuff was divided. People were divided over race. People were divided over, um, I mean, he's got Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. They were divided over what status they were born into. If they were born rich, if they were born poor, if they were born slaves, if they were born free, where they were from. The church was divided about, we have this in Acts, in Acts 6, they're arguing about when they pass out the food for everybody, the Hebrew widows are getting more food than the Greek widows. And it's a total racial divide. And Paul says here, the Holy Spirit doesn't care about any of that. None of that is criteria for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not greater in Greeks and less in Jews. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit is in every one of them. I, I experienced this at the rescue mission. There would be guys that were like, killed people and just terrible and struggled with so many sins and we would have a conversation and we'd get deeper and we'd get deeper and then all of a sudden they would say something this one guy came into my office one day and he said do you think God just like really desires to have mercy on us all the time like, like every morning like it's just new I said, have you been reading your Bible today? He said, no. I said, have you read Romans? He said, no, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm like, you just quoted Romans to me, man. It's like, oh, yeah. That's a guy that there are states that he can't go back to. But as he's seeking the Lord, the Holy Spirit's pouring into him. Jesus took away his sin. I mean, he's still got to answer to man. But the Holy Spirit's speaking through him. Listen to this. This is in John 3. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. He's talking about Jesus. And he gives the Spirit without measure. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit without measure. This is like the difference between a parent serving ice cream and a grandparent serving ice cream. That is the perfect way to describe this. Or When, when you're cooking when my wife is cooking something, sometimes she has all the measuring cups out. And she's looking at the measuring cups. And other times she has the scoop. Do you know about the scoop? Like the scoop is just this thing. And, and you scoop it. And you don't know if it's a cup or five cups. It's without measure. It's when we were doing our ice cream socials. And we were giving out root beer floats to these kids. And it gets down towards the end and the line is slow. And I don't, I quit weighing to see how heavy the cup is with ice cream. I just go until the kid's hand comes out. And if the kid's hand doesn't come out until it's all the way up to the top, well, kid, enjoy your lunch. You know, it's without measure. 
Jesus says about himself that he gives the Holy... Like, we're not talking about Paul's interpretation. We're not talking about, let's figure out how Peter says this. Jesus said, he gives the Spirit without measure. That's John chapter 3, verse 34. In Joel, Old Testament, Joel... God is speaking through Joel, and he says, It'll come to pass, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Old men will have will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Even on the men and women servants, even slaves, I will pour out my spirit. Slaves were usually people that weren't Jewish. These are like you know, you pick up slaves from conquesting and taking over some country that worships Molech and idol worshipers and all this business. And you bring them into your house and you, you make them start living the Jewish way. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on your slaves, even your women's slaves. They're like disposable. What? Wow. Yes. Without measure, without condition. God is going to pour out His Spirit. I love, I love going through all of this because we, we tend to have ideas about the Holy Spirit and they aren't based on what the Scripture says. Or we're, sometimes we're too afraid to really dig into what... I mean, does the Bible really say that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit without measure? You know, I see the guy with the, the bikers for Jesus, you know, leather jacket thing. Does God, does Jesus really give that guy the Holy Spirit without measure? Well, the Bible says it does. Yes. Wow. I mean, think about if we ask people to pray for us and you think, I want to ask so-and-so to pray for me because they are just the most powerful prayer in the world. You know, we, we used to make jokes. If you know anybody with kids... Tell those kids to pray for you because kids pray like amazing and powerful. Holy Spirit is in the same, every Christian has the Holy Spirit, the same fullness. You can ask any one of them to pray for you. But, there are some buts here. Um, there are some ways that we, the, see the Holy Spirit doesn't take us over. It's not, it's not like in the movies where, where somebody has a spirit in them and they can't control themselves or they say, I didn't know what I was doing. Because we're talking about God and His character and He's loving and He's caring and He doesn't force Himself on anybody. He's kind of like a whisper. I mean, we just sang a song about God whispering. So He's not going to force anybody to do anything. So if we want to, we can say, you know what, God? I don't really want to listen. God loves us so much, He will let us do our own thing, even if it's awful. This is Ephesians 4. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building up, as fits the occasion, so you'll give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can make the Holy Spirit sad. 
Don't let any corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only what's good for building people up so you'll give grace to those who are here. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's all in one section of sentences. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You are sealed for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if we get these at work a lot. You get a box and it has this special tape on it and it's called security tape. And if you open the tape or cut the tape, it shreds into like 15 little pieces and this big letters that are taped on the box say, this has been opened. So it's like a security thing to make sure when you get it, you know nobody's messed with that box. He's talking about that kind of thing. Back in the day, they would seal an envelope and they'd put wax on it. And the only way you could open that was to break that seal and break that wax. And if you break it, you better have the authority to answer for why it's broken. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a seal. A seal. I totally lost where I was. Oh, Ephesians. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away with, from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ gave you. So there's a way that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. There's a way that we can make the Holy Spirit sad that involves corrupt speech, that involves not building people up with our words. And there's a, word, a way that we can make the Spirit joyful in us by being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving, just like Christ forgave us. So the Holy Spirit's powerful in us, but we, I mean, our hands are on the steering wheel, our foot is on the gas pedal. He lets us decide how much the Holy Spirit's going to show up. Other, so, so that's one, one, way, one way that people misconstrue the Holy Spirit nowadays is they think that the Holy Spirit takes over and you can't control yourself. I, had, I, I went to a seminar on prophesying. Okay, just, We'll just put that out there. It was weird. It was awesome. The guy said, when you pray for somebody, pray with your eyes open. Because when you see God move in them, that will build up your faith. I thought, I never even thought of that. You know, I'm always praying for people. Oh, you're sick. Something's wrong with you. And I'm going to start praying. How would my prayer change if all of a sudden their legs grew back? You know, in the middle of my prayer. Whatever. The miracle works. Whoa! I would keep on praying. There's no law about that. Open your eyes, close your eyes, any of that nonsense. But, but the Holy Spirit lets us have a part in how much of Him is shown off. And at the same time, just to say, had this conversation yesterday with the guy, there's no judgment if you blow it. We are, we are past the time. The whole, uh, you didn't follow the Lord so the earth opens up and swallows 20,000 members of your family and closes up over the top of them. Jesus took all that on the cross. Doesn't happen anymore. You don't have to walk in fear of, did I let God down? You know You know what? He will give you another chance. He will give you 90 more chances. 
The other thing about the Holy Spirit is people think that the Holy Spirit's done. And the Holy Spirit's asleep. And all the stuff in the Bible is not relevant for today. So, here's what Jesus said. This is John 16. It's the Last Supper. Jesus is like, you guys, tomorrow I'm going to be dead. Guys, tomorrow I'm going to die. I will not be alive anymore. This time tomorrow, you will all be sad. So listen to everything I say because it's really important. I, this is John 16, 12. I still have a whole bunch of things to tell you. I still have a whole bunch of stuff to teach you, but you can't handle it right now. You can't, you cannot handle what I have to teach you right now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Remember we talked about Jesus is a man, a flesh and blood man with the whole string and the whole timeline and cosmos and all that business. So Jesus is a, a physical man. He can't run and appear to all of us at the same time. When, when he rose from the dead, it says that he appeared to over four, 500 people over the course of 40 days. But it, he never occurred to two people. He was never in two places at once. He might show up to a whole group of people, but there was only one of him wherever he showed up. So the Holy Spirit is a spirit. Which means the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. The Holy Spirit can be... I gotta, I gotta tell the Ethiopian story. The Holy Spirit can be with my wife on a Tuesday night out of nowhere to move her to pray for some friends who are trying to adopt a kid in Ethiopia. Out of nowhere, she prays for them. The next morning on Facebook, the friends post, last night while we were all asleep, the judge in Ethiopia decided this and that, and now we've adopted our kids. It is at the same time. So the Holy Spirit is sitting in that courtroom over in Ethiopia, and he's like, I'm about ready to do a great work. I, I want my daughter, Cindy, to be involved in that great work. I'm going to prompt her. Seriously. God's gonna do, God can do stuff without us. But how awesome is it that he's going to do something, and I want her to share in this, so I'm going to prompt her to pray right now to do that this would happen. You know, I can go down and mow grass, and it's fun, and I can do it all by myself. I've been doing it all by myself for six weeks, Isaac. But when I have Isaac come along with me and we share in that together and we come home and it's like 111 heat index and we think we're going to die, it's so much better than doing it by myself. We'll die together of heat stroke. If God puts that in me, as wicked and evil and selfish as I am, how much more so does that show his character 
that he loves to involve his kids in the stuff he is doing. I, I want to challenge you to risk being stupid. And, and when you get those little promptings, when that, when that person that you haven't seen in six years pops into your head, you're like, I wonder how they're doing. Don't just think about how they're doing. Pray for them. And say, Lord, I have no idea what's going on with that person, but right now, show up. Bless them. Or even ask God. This is really creepy, you guys. Ask God. This person just popped into my head, Lord. How do you want me to pray for them? I want you to pray that they would be strong enough to resist the affair that they're about to have. And then pray. Because a year later when they come to you crying and they say, a year ago I had an affair. You'll be like, no way. I prayed for you. And, and that prepared me to help you go through it at this moment. God will tell you stuff that you should not know. But He doesn't do it just for you. He does it for the common good. God will give you things to tell people. You know what? That guy in the grocery line, I think I'm going to go up and tell him that God saw what he did yesterday and that God forgives him. Alright, so what's going to happen if you're wrong? The guy's either going to look at you like you're weird, right? He might punch you in the face, but you just told him he's forgiven. You didn't tell him he was guilty. I mean, we're not doing the whole Ezekiel eat food cooked over poop crazy stuff. This is encouragement. God wants to encourage other people around you through you all the time. And sometimes He'll even give you the exact crazy word to say. And then what's really wild is that that'll happen. Your faith will increase. You will go home and you will tell somebody, you will never believe what happened to me today. I felt like I should tell this guy in the grocery line that God saw what he did yesterday, but God forgives him. And he started crying. And he gave me a hug, and he didn't say anything else, and he left the grocery store. What's that guy's story going to be? He's going to go home to his wife. Honey, you know how I did that yesterday? You will never believe what this dude at the grocery store... this old man with the mustache came up to me and told me at the grocery store. <laughs> it's, it's really true. And, uh, and, the, and so that guy's faith builds up. That guy's wife's faith builds up. Your faith, uh, the people that were watching you at the grocery store and overheard what you did and thought got their phones out because there's about ready to be an awesome fight that they can put on YouTube, they're gonna, their faith is going to increase. That's how God does this stuff. That's what he... The manifestation of His Spirit. The showing up. The making clear. That's what He wants to do. And He wants to do it continuously. And go back to that opening quote. If the church will return to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is her strength and her help. Holy Spirit is your strength and your help. If the church will give up everything. Like what? Well, I might give up a tooth. 
if I tell this guy that God saw what he did yesterday. But God forgives you. The church will give up everything and wait upon God to be filled with the Spirit. Her days of beauty and gladness will return. The church was never meant to be afraid of world events. That is not written in the book anywhere. The church was never meant to be afraid of any race or faith. That's not written in the book anywhere. What's written in the book is all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations. We are on the offense. Doesn't mean we need to be offensive. But we don't have to be afraid. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for dwelling with us and dwelling among us. Thank you for empowering us. Thank you for increasing our faith and building your church. Help us, Lord, to be bold and to be filled with confidence that you are guiding us. And I pray that we would hear your voice, Lord. I pray that we would, we would hear you directing us, that we would hear you giving us things to say to people and pointing out people to say it to. And I pray that we would just be full of the manifestations of your Spirit to explain and to tell and to proclaim to others how great you are and that you have come to save us from our sins. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So church, of all the things that we do and not think about the repercussions of it, this week may we listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him show off and give the results and watch and see it. God bless you. Amen.